everyone has these narratives like everyone has experiences like microaggressions that they experience or whatever right. it is really I think whoever you are you're going right, to experience right. something of the sort and just listening to people explain what they go through is so powerful. Yeah, and I think we definitely learned how important it is to listen because we basically met up with random strangers that we didn't know and we right. went into quite vulnerable topics, yeah. quite personal experiences. And like, I kind of learned how important it is to just shut up for a minute. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. I want to get better, better, better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with two parts of the GCL podcast. So that is Laura and Sarai. Uh, so hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us. The first question that I ask to everybody is, uh, how do you know me? So we know Dave because he gave us some podcast um, instruction lessons. So basically we were doing a project for liberating the curriculum UCL on uh, the narratives of Jewish students on campus. And we wanted to somehow get our results out from our research in a nice and accessible way. So lots of people could hear what we've done and learn from that. So Dave came and told us about how to make podcasts. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And even before that, we knew Dave because we took Dr. Kathy Elliott's course at UCL and um, you came in to do a talk, a lecture, on mansplaining masculinity. Right. And so... Then you were famous in my eyes ever since then. And then when we started I, doing I this, and Kathy, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Kathy um, said that we could do a workshop with you. And so it was like, wow, like times two, because we knew you from that. Yeah. Wow. Plus, yeah. yeah. I actually brought my whole family to that event, wow. like the first one. Yeah. It's an interesting event to bring a whole family to. Yeah. No, it was also very interesting to talk about like everyone's reaction afterwards. Right. Yeah, it was very. Well, I mean, that's amazing yeah. that you brought your whole family to that. That's an interesting idea. And to me, like, the idea of a whole family sitting together and watching that show. I mean, I've had my family, members, most of my family have seen it, and that's been weird for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, 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 it's definitely strange to think of, like, oh, yeah, let's just all go on a family trip and hear about <laughs> Dave's most traumatic experiences, which, <laughs> which actually makes this kind of a, an interesting thing because I've listened to your podcast so I know some things about you, um, but you've seen that show, so you probably beat me, like in terms of what you know about me, uh, in compared to what I know about you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I should say as well, we're recording this uh, in the Candid Cafe in Angel, which is why, uh, well, it's actually a very good uh, sound environment. Apart from there is uh, music in the background, so uh, yes. it's a public space. And please don't sue me, anybody. Uh, but it seems like it's quite a, an appropriate. Uh, soundtrack actually at this moment in time because it's it's, it's Bob Dylan playing uh, who is kind of one of the most famous uh, Jewish people uh, throughout his uh, well modern history. There's a plenty of more famous Jewish people than uh, than Bob Dylan going back into history. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of kind of will be an interesting uh, soundtrack to our conversation. And I should sort of say like what I was what I was coming in to train you to do was the GCL podcast which we're going to talk about uh, in more detail later on which might may explain why I mentioned that Bob Dylan was Jewish because actually at this moment in time that comes like weirdly out of the blue for this <laughs> um, but yeah that was an interesting moment for me to kind of like be with a, a, a group of students 
um, try to get you kind of interested in doing podcasts mm. and kind of give you the basics. But I didn't have that long to give you the basics, I don't think. Like, it was like one one day, one morning. Maybe, yeah, one right? intense day, yeah. 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 And, like, hopefully, like, hopefully, yeah, it was a whole day because there was the practical stuff was in the afternoon. Yes. But, I mean, I was aware that that was, like, the, the rest of the job was on, on you to kind of go away and, like, work on the stuff mm. I was giving yeah. you. I was kind of giving you the kind of, I don't know, like, some 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 potential ways to go yeah. like hopefully I wasn't kind of too prescriptive like this is the way you do it no I think it was more like a set of useful tips and then like making a podcast is really a process of trial and error I think because you start doing one thing you realize it's not really working out the next podcast you try something else and I think that's just a really useful experience mm. to like try and how do you get your story out there the best right yes yeah so before I before we talk about GCL I'll ask you the second question I ask everybody uh, which is what do you do now so uh, I am a third year human sciences student at UCL um, and I study human evolution health and environment and I'm currently applying to master's degrees I am a teacher um, I've just started <laughs> teaching in a secondary school in Tottenham. I'm teaching maths. I'm doing a fast-track teacher training programme called Teach First. So I'm training to be a teacher, but I am being a teacher at the same time, which right. is a bit of a comp- competing interest there. Like, as in, like, I don't know if you can do one without the other, but I'm trying. Right. So, yeah. Like, that was when, when you said you were a teacher, that was like when you're, like, tr- trying out the word. Like, yeah, oh, I'm oh, like, I'm, I'm a I teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And so I'm in my, like, I'm now in the second half term, and... I am learning a lot every single day um, about society and teaching and maths. So, <laughs> yeah, like, like in that order. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right, and you were and you were a student. And I was a student. I just graduated from UCL uh, in July. June. Congratulations! Thank you. Um, and yeah, and I'm still kind of at UCL because you're still with the university while you're doing your training. So right. I am there from time to time as well. Um, but yeah, mainly at school. Right. <laughs> Yeah, what is uh, the GCL podcast? The GCL podcast is a podcast about the research that we've conducted at um, UCL in the penultimate and final term of the last academic year, where we interviewed about 30 or just under 30... 26. 26 um, Jewish students um, at UCL with an open-ended aim of understanding the kind of qualitative experiences of Jewish students on campus and exposing voices and experiences that they had. And we undertook the GCL podcast project with Dr. Cathy Elliott, who we work very closely with and who directed us. And so we will produce it together with Manya as well, who isn't here because she's on her year abroad now. Um, We miss her dearly. (laughs) We do. (laughs) So yeah, so that's basically the GCL. And then we just kind of compiled our research into these seven different episodes and like kind of thematic episodes where um, we explored different things that came up and then we just had discussions around it and it was very interesting, yes. yes. Right. And, like, did you, like, so in terms of doing that research, like, was that something that you chose to do or was that something that kind of came up within a broader kind of s- scope of, of the work that you were doing with Cathy already or...? 
So basically we all took the same module from Cathy before, um, International Development and Public Policies. And uh, in that uh, lecture series, we had one lecture on religion and development and there uh, Judaism was brought up and she kind of checked the room to see who was Jewish because she already had the idea of like um, creating a research about this project, uh, like this topic. Right. And then uh, she contacted us to ask whether we would be interested. And because we all really like Kathy, the module and the topic, of course, hmm. we said we would be. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and, and one of the things about, about both the, the, the training that I did with you and with the eventual podcast that was made is that Kathy, uh, it was a part of very much a kind of equal part of those of those events, I mm. think, right? Like she, she was also someone I was providing training to yeah. and uh, she was also a voice in, in the eventual podcast. Yes. Um, which is great. I mean, I think that's so good. Like I really like the way that Kathy kind of, that teaching and learning is a two-way process yeah. uh, for her so and that's a great yeah. model. Um, but it's also interesting as well because she's not Jewish. Yes. Um, yeah. So like, was really it was a non-Jewish voice within the mix, mm, yes. um, kind of in some ways steering it, but in some ways not because mm. she's a, she is a teacher. So she is it is part of her job to to, to steer you to mm. kind of. But but also the kind of teaching she does is not kind of uh, telling you what to do. It's right. more like allowing you to explore what you want to explore, which is. Mm. The way that teaching should be, yeah, I think. One hundred percent. I think it was. A, it, teacher, no, so, yeah. I think it was a really invaluable model of teaching, and I think it was really brilliant to have her. And we said this like a lot during the process. To have her as a non-Jewish person in the group was really great and important, and brought out loads of different types of thinking that wouldn't have occurred. I don't think had it just been like a monolithic group of like Jews, because I don't think you think in the same way. We don't have to explain the same things, and explaining things often leads to realizing things that you didn't even know. Right. And as you say, mm-hmm. like Kathy's model of teaching is extremely like to and fro and that's brilliant because that's exactly what everyone's doing like everyone's teaching and learning the whole time whether in like a professional capacity or just in a casual capacity and Cathy just brings that into academia in this really amazing way I think yeah I mean that's an interesting thing and like in terms of like interviewing people like uh, a lot of interviewers think you know the, the, the thing you have to do and this is a good model in some ways is to like do super loads of research and know absolutely everything going in mm. but if you know everything going in then you're not that person who doesn't know stuff that mm. they have to like then reflect back to so I often think like sometimes it can be useful to not know anything about the people that you're talking to because then they have to explain it to you yeah. like, mm. on a basic level and I guess the same same thing goes for broader topics mm. like like Jewishness yes. Judaism yes. all of those things that that your podcast kind of focused on I mean so you're, you were you when you made the podcast you were, you were both uh, Jewish students mm. and so and you, when you did that research you were Jewish students so you were doing research on people and gathering their experiences but I mean did you did your experiences at that point reflect the one the experiences of the people that you were researching so what I found very interesting is that actually like after doing my bat mitzvah basically I didn't really engage with Judaism that much anymore and especially after coming to university and not having the kind of family Friday night dinners or the kind of festive holidays I just didn't really engage with my Judaism at all and I found it very interesting to see how students coming to university leaving their families behind kind of tried to find their way within a university environment trying to express their faith or even if it's just a cultural idea of like the rituals and keeping those traditions up that's right. very interesting right and, and what about what about you well i think i think um first of all i learned a lot about other jewish experiences that i haven't experienced or just because people are of different 
whatever it is, political persuasions, religious persuasions, like within the Jewish right. bubble, there's so many different routes you can go down. And so right. like, therefore, so many different experiences emerge. But also the type of research we were doing was this quality type of research, which you're meant to be self-reflexive in. Um, so you have to realise who you are in relation to the research that you're doing. And uh, you have to place yourself kind of knowingly did you know what I mean so yeah. in creating the podcast we actively did that because we were speaking about our opinions and our experiences in a very obvious way I think yeah, alongside definitely. the research that we had and it really wasn't an objective view of like certain quizzes that were filled out it was very much like our interpretation of the research our interpretation as being Jewish students ourselves so having like various experiences but I learned so much and I think we we I mean to be honest, at the start of it, I was like, what are we going to learn? Like, I'm not sure there's like a huge amount of like revelation that's going to happen here. Or I don't know if it's like that important that we do this research. I wasn't, I think maybe I was quite critical at the start. But then through it, I just learned that actually it is worthwhile. And actually, like there are things going on that I didn't realise. Right. And so that was a cool process right. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that process is also something that's very valuable about qualitative research methods, where you actually go out and interview people without a preset set of questions mm. because you actually otherwise you assume as a researcher that you know what's going on in society you just want to confirm what you think you already mm. know but in this way you really get out of people what they are experiencing and I th thought that was so valuable because yeah. there it was such a diversity of opinions and experiences that I wasn't aware of right yeah because I mean because you know politically at this moment in time it's a really complicated thing to be uh, Jewish I would say uh, from the outside yeah. right yeah. Yeah. because like at the same time as there are all of these kind of legitimate uh, questions around what's going on in terms of the state of Israel there is also a real resurgence of anti-semitism like, yeah. across the globe like in in terms of like what's going on in America what's going on in the UK in lots of ways and politically um and you are kind of young people like they're uh, an institution to study um most young people who are not Jewish don't have to think about those massive big political things that are going on around the world whereas one of the things that came out in the podcast that you made is that you know if you're Jewish you can't avoid having to deal with those questions about those kind of uh, both sides of things I guess like now maybe maybe things have moved on a little bit from when you were even doing that research maybe now people would as much at a dinner party ask you your opinions about anti-semitism anti and, and Trump uh, <laughs> as they do uh, about the state of Israel yeah. but both of those things are things you can't avoid right when you're just living your lives trying to be like just just learn the basics to like live as yeah. human beings <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's true. I think that like that actually so many different identities are so contested at the moment. Right. So like like us being Jewish, like that this is like our experience of it or or a Jewish experience being on campus, having these conversations and encountering people saying weird things or like you kind of internalizing them in this like strange way on a day to day basis. But then like kind of like looking out wider into the student community there are so many groups that are having that experience, just right. like all having different experiences. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to be Muslim on campus and to um, if you wear a hijab, like to have that experience every day, like what does that bring up for a, a female Muslim student is again like a whole different array of experiences. And so I think throughout it, I was aware that like yes, we are having these experiences, but like ideally they'd be seen alongside other people's. Do you know what I mean? And I hope more of that research comes out now. I am right. aware of that, but yeah, no, it's true. I mean, it is political at the moment to be Jewish, and it is that's weird. And maybe I mean, was it something that you really thought about? 
before you enter university, the fact that it's so political to be Jewish in this kind of moment? To be honest, not at all. Like, I kind of really dissociate me being Jewish from, like, the connection between Judaism and Israel. Right. Like, I kind of thought that if I just say, okay, I don't like what Israel is doing politically, that I can just be Jewish and considering that I have no connection to the country Israel because my family lives in Europe and I don't really know anyone in Israel that I could just like separate that out but it was actually very interesting to learn how emotionally connected many students feel to the country of Israel and that once there is like a terrorist attack or something happens in Israel that it's not just about the kind of political idea behind it like oh this is like something we as Jews should think about but it's more also that they have family there and they think about their friends and family there and I never really considered it in such a way either that so many people do have that emotional connection right yeah oh that is I mean it's such a complicated thing isn't it because it's like one of the things I was I was interested because there's particular there's one episode that's about uh, you know how people see the state of Israel and how they relate that to Jewish people within culture which is a really interesting episode but it was interesting like one of the things that kind of was said in that episode like I think Kathy said she sees uh, the state of Britain or like the UK as being a terrible thing um, but she wouldn't really expect to go to a dinner party and have somebody question her about mm. the state of, of, of Britain and, and mm. it's interesting though because cause when I heard that I was, I was before, before she said that I was thinking well yeah but in some ways I think people from the state of Britain should be questioned at dinner parties yeah. like I would yeah. I want to hear people kind of in the UK taking responsibility kind of for uh, British imperialism and kind of colonialism and all the damage that we've done across across the world I mean I think Kathy mentioned the Iraq war and for me that's that's a terrible thing but the tip of a, a terrible iceberg that goes mm. back for like hundreds of years and I feel like if I was at a dinner party and certainly if someone from a different country was there then mm. I would expect them to uh, to ask me what my opinion was mm. on my on my on the state that I kind of am mm. a, am a subject a citizen of I think I think that's true I think it's completely a really great and valid parallel to draw and I think because it, it brings out this idea that if you were at a dinner party and you were explaining that to someone and you could you could be very critical and you could have a really great conversation with them about how bad imperialism is and like the colonial history of Britain and stuff but the person you're talking to wouldn't judge your kind of innate affiliation to being British do you know what I mean they wouldn't question that like you do feel comfortable in Britain no matter that you criticise its history no matter that you like criticise its current government or whatever it is you being British isn't an inherent problem. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that's well, I think that's interesting because I I agree. Yeah. That's most of the time what would happen at a dinner party mm. because the person who is asking you that question may also be, you know, British in some way. Mm. But I think if you were if if it was somebody who was from one of the countries that we have done terrible things that, that Britain mm. has done terrible things to, then then they might not. Like, exp- like they might not see that as like as a as cleaner mm. a relationship, you know. Like yeah. my existence as a white person, for example, uh, requires hundreds and hundreds of years of white supremacy to have the the resources that I have. Even though I don't like that history, even though I'm not into that history, I can't kind of deny that I benefit from it. Right. And I, I think it's an interesting thing though, because I don't know if this. That's where I think the comparison, the analogy probably ends, right? Mm. Because it's not as simple. The state of, in, of Israel is not as simple mm. as the state that we're in, you know, at the moment. Because uh, 
anti-Semitism is a thing. Like there are legitimate and terrible things that have happened to Jewish people mm. in a way that haven't happened to white British people. Mm. Like yeah. there, there isn't a, 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 an exact uh, analogy, which is often the case for all these things. Mm. I mean, that's one of the problems your your podcast kind of brings out is that when, when people reach for the the easy analogies, it kind of just muddies the water and means that no one can, can fuck kind of, kind of like when people talk about the Holocaust in mm. relationship to the state of Israel I mean I can in some ways see why they make that comparison in some areas although I think uh, apartheid is, is, is a kind of more useful analogy but to, to do so to some people who've experienced the Holocaust is just going to stop that conversation mm. it's, gonna, it's not a useful analogy for talking about it mm. and, and also if we're going to kind of go into kind of Analogies with Nazism. There's there's easier things at this moment in time to, to look at that. Like there's there's you know there's Trump or there's uh, you know just the, the the way that the British press talk about Muslims, mm. like which is like really really kind of similar to the way that Nazis talked about Jewish people mm. during the war. So, mm. so yeah. yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I think that um, it is really difficult, and I think that language is so powerful and when we when you have these conversations about Israel and about Judaism and like words like apartheid genocide holocaust right. like do get thrown around a lot and I think that's where like a lot of the the confusion and the hurt comes from do you know what I mean right. and I think what we said in the podcast as well is that like there is this lack of understanding about the Jewish the Jewish relationship to the idea of Israel even like that that does go back 2,000 years and that like Israel is a part of Judaism as a religion not I'm not talking politically I'm talking like when you say the prayers that like Israel's in every prayer and those prayers are like thousands of years old and so like there's this relationship to Israel that transcends the current political situation that that underlines why any Jew has a a relationship to Israel and then then you introduce the current political situation then you introduce the, the politics that have come about since 1948 when it became a state and before that and it's really hard when like those two things have to come together in a way in a really quick fire conversation with someone who maybe doesn't know that first thing that like Israel isn't just a political thing that you attach to your Judaism actually they're intertwined in this very complicated way do you know what I mean I don't don't know if that makes sense no I think it does and I think one thing that a lot of students mention that they find quite hard is that they really feel that they need to have their facts straight that when someone asks it like Mm. first thing it's like oh where's your name from oh what do you think about Israel that they kind of feel they need to justify themselves and that's always quite hard to do especially because actually we find out that there is a group that's kind of in the middle that feels quite marginalized that on the one hand they're Jewish and they kind of feel that the state of Israel should have an existence or they kind of want to defend that they can exist but then on the other hand they really don't agree with Israel's policies and what's happening in the West Bank or in Gaza and what happens then in the end that is uh, that uh, against like quite extremist voices on the Jewish side they need to defend why Israel is not doing good things, whereas on the other hand, they need to defend to other people why Israel can exist. And these people are really squeezed in the middle and often have to kind of defend things they don't actually believe in, in a way. And often they're not even Israeli. Like, they're just like random Jews. Like, do you know what I mean? They're just like, like, it's so funny, I think, that part. Like, it's one thing being an Israeli coming to study in London and then like, yes, like, you're Israeli. Like, you're going to talk about Israel the whole time. Do you know what I mean? You've grown up there, blah, blah, blah. But like, I'm not Israeli. Like I've visited there like quite a lot or whatever, and, and I've thought about it a lot because it's like a fascinating place. But like 
I don't, I don't know. It's, it's just one of those funny things. Do you know right. what I yeah. mean? No, I do. I mean, that's where, like, that's what I mean. Like, it would be weird for somebody to go around, like, uh, going up to people who weren't British and asking them what they thought of the British state. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. where this analogy really is really yeah. hard. It's like if someone's not even Israeli, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, then that is that is a different thing. Like, they're, they're not answer, they're not asking, they're not giving their opinion about the state that they're in. Mm. They're giving their opinion about a state that's kind of affiliated with them by kind of. Like not their cons- they haven't even given consent for that affiliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an interesting. And thing. I think the whole of Judaism is in like an interesting place because, like, prior to there being a state of Israel, there were only diaspora Jews, like in kind of recent history. And so all Jews were kind of of the same. I mean, there are lots of different kinds. Of, you've got Arab Jews, you've got European right. Jews, whatever it is. Um, but now that there are Israeli Jews, like people that live in Israel who are Israeli, it's a completely different kind of person. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like. If I go to Israel and I meet Israelis, I know they're different to me. So like, yeah, right, it's a different culture. So yeah. it's so Judaism is facing like this kind of shift of what, of what, of uh, the faces of Judaism. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it, that's all part of I think the challenge. Of but it now. I think that now you're kind of putting all the Judaism that happened before kind of the diaspora Jews a bit under one blanket because I think what Jewish people have been trying to do the whole time is like trying to kind of fit in with the community they live in or like the country they live right. in so they are kind of like normal people they just have a different faith and some yeah. different rituals I mean they're not kind of like that, they're just they no, are yeah yeah no yeah sorry <laughs> that's, no, 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 sure. that's, what I, that's what I meant <laughs> yeah. but what, what I mean is that like people always have tried to fit in into like the countries they're from and that definitely means that there's such a big diversity amongst Jewish people right. that it always has been super hard to like unite a Jewish voice or something yes, like that yes. because there is no, no such thing right. as a Jewish yeah, voice well also one of the things that's fascinating to me about this is you get people from the UK who have passionate feelings about the state of Israel um, but the one of the crimes of the British Empire I would say is is in the, the way that we helped to create the state of Israel without any consideration for the Palestinian people when we imposed that like we're not like the, like these people are like you who are kind of like uh, descended or like not even not even descended from people who maybe are connected to this to this to this state um, are to blame when it also we have a responsibility we have a connection to that like it's 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 not that the state of israel is unconnected from the uk in terms of politics in terms of the way it was created right. so it's, it's 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 really interesting how people kind of expect some people to answer to their kind of history of their of their of their ethnicity or their religion or whatever but they don't they're not answering asking themselves to answer to the same yeah, kind so of standards true. yeah but also it's quite interesting to think about why has this debate become like the defining debate right, in like right, right. university politics. Right. Like everyone has either a sticker of free Palestine or has an opinion on it. Why is it that we find this human right violation so important? Whereas there's so much human right violations going on across the globe that could definitely need more attention from students and like play, actually things that we can actually make a difference maybe even. Whereas right. like it doesn't Really gonna ch- it's not gonna change <laughs> yeah no exactly but it's not really gonna change anything like it's good for us to have a discussion about a topic like Israel because we can kind of 
have this contest of ideas, I guess, or like think about valuable solutions, but we're not going to be able to change anything if here at UCL, for example, we come to a certain solution. It's not going to change anything anyway. That's, that is true. So why why do we invest so much time in that, whereas there there's so many other really important topics that we could make a difference? Right. And there's an interesting yeah. thing as well that comes out in, in your podcast as well of like, uh, there isn't a two-sided issue. Like, the, 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 it's not binary. Mm. It's not like you're no. for us or against us. Um, and that is often the problem across all kinds of politics yeah. and all kinds yes. of, yeah. of, of, of discussion. There's no kind of looking at the nuances around these things. I mean, yeah. and, and one of the problems I find as someone who kind of is broadly kind of within left or a kind of uh, radical ways of thinking, like I read a lot about these things, is that you'll have people who in one, in one sentence will say something that I agree with politically about the state of Israel, but then at the end of the sentence will say something that's anti-Semitic, and like that, that in itself muddies the water. Yeah. That like nobody can actually, like everybody is kind of tarred by other people who are kind of adjacent to them um, in all of these sides. So you yeah. have a lot of people saying, "Well, I can say this because it's not anti-Semitic." So why are you saying it's anti-Semitic? And there are a lot of people using the idea of anti-Semitism to quiet down um, voices that are trying to to say legitimate politics yeah. but at the same time there are also people being anti-semitic yeah. using legitimate politics to cloak their anti-semitism yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. people don't believe in one of those groups mm. or another of those mm. groups and they all exist yeah. They, yeah. they all exist and I think that really comes back to the thing we were talking about earlier about language because you at the moment you conflate Israeli Jews to just Jews that's where it can become anti-semitic because you just kind of like put everything in one yeah. Corner, yeah. Anyway. yeah, yeah. I think I think it's so true. I think the space for Jews in the like on the left at the moment is difficult, really, really difficult. And I think that like, um, like even like I remember when I started university and and people were like, I, I had done a gap year in Israel and I've been learning quite a lot about the Israel-Palestine conflict and that kind of thing. And I felt quite like left wing about the whole situation. And I am. That's that is my persuasion right. about the whole thing. Right. And then like, so someone will be like, oh, like what did you do last year? And I was like, oh, I, I did a gap year in Israel. Um, Blah blah blah, and then and they'd be like, oh, so like, so how do you see yourself? And I'd be like, oh, like I'm quite left wing, like I, d- this this this. So they're like, so you're anti-Zionist? I was like, oh no no, I'm not. Like I, I wouldn't say that I don't think it should. Exist. And immediately you're in this like trap. You feel like you're trapped, and every word you say is like kind of slightly trapping you a bit more. Like, are you really left wing? Do you know what I mean? It's like, do you really think that? And I'm like, yes, like I do see the human rights violations as such huge atrocities and like they break my heart that like you have to go to Israel and if you want to go to Jerusalem and go to the holiest sites for Jews in the world you are also looking directly onto the hills where like so much terrible history is taking like is like unfolding every day and has done for however many decades now so I think it is just really difficult um but I also think that most people on a one-on-one situation you could have a really good conversation with them about it and this is something that I'm just like continuing to learn now like as I've left university like I've gone into different kind of spaces and with different kinds of people than I have been before like I had quite a Jewish circle at school and then like less so at university and now less so again and the more people I interact with like when I work in the school now I feel a new confidence in being able to talk about these issues with people that may not have spoken to someone that is Jewish about it before and I feel like I can do that because I do I am open-minded about the whole thing I do feel like on the left of the whole thing anyway so I can have those conversations easily whereas I think potentially 
different combinations would present different difficulties if you know what I mean yeah. but the the kind of ground that you can cover in a conversation with someone if you just have an open dialogue about it and explaining misconceptions hearing things that you haven't heard before suddenly these problems dissolve in a way that you can't happen in like big university meetings or setups or whatever do you know what I mean like just on those one-on-one levels and to me that feels like there's a difference being made or you just you have a conversation about Judaism and Islam completely away from any politics which is so refreshing and amazing do you know what I mean and that's something that is completely lacking like there's interfaith stuff going on but not like it's really difficult to have those conversations without going into the Israel stuff but there's such beautiful conversations to be had do you know what I mean so it's really difficult I know what you mean for my my other podcast that I make The Family Tree I've recently spoken to an imam and a rabbi and a priest about like their rituals around change and birth and death and all of these kind of big questions completely unconnected to those kind of political issues and I think that's an interesting it's an interesting thing as well like if you expect all Jewish people that you meet to answer these kind of questions I hope you're also asking those kind of questions to Christians yes. right like there are terrible atrocities happening uh, across the world uh, committed by Christian groups um, but but I don't think that every Christian is being expected to answer for you know the state of America or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. like so I think that, that, that that's another thing like all three of those religious leaders had beautiful, brilliant things to say mm. about their faith, about their way of looking at humans, about being accepting of other humans, actually. And all of them, would, I, I think, if I had have talked about the politics, would have all been passionate mm. defenders of human rights. Yeah. But that wasn't what we were sitting down right. to talk about. Yeah, exactly. uh, although some, you know, sometimes those things came in. And in fact, I think the priest had the most to say about those kind of things because he's a, a black man as well as a priest and he's, mm. he's thinking a lot about the way that, that people are being treated who are mm. other in the world mm. at, the, at the moment it's interesting that you're like you're, you're young people you're, you're at university you're, 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 why is why I don't understand why people are kind of treating you as if you should be experts on these things anyway you're, you're like literally just finding out what you think about the world like I'm 36 and I don't know what I think about the world so and it's interesting to me that like when I think back about my university experience you know I have Jewish friends from that time and what the environment was then was very different from the environment that you you were in and I think but even then thinking back like having listened to your your episodes I'm like those jokes that were made then how did that make you know her feel uh, you know how that kind of joke there that was made in that kind of context in that kind of political moment mm. may still have landed in a in a more painful way than than we all thought at the time you know yeah yeah totally but at the same time there's also being you know one of the things I like about the GCL podcast is it's called the GCL podcast there's a kind of humour in that <laughs> yeah yeah totally it's yeah. not taking it completely I love the seriously. title yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that is a thing like let's not take it too seriously like it's okay like we have there's there's progress to be made and understandings to be made as with every, every as with everything but you've got to be able to like have a light-hearted ish attitude to the majority of it and then the things that are more serious take that gravity do you know what i mean right, right, um right. And i don't mean that to undermine anything i think it's yeah. all very valid I think I definitely heard from a lot of people that there was just things being brought up that they never even considered was a problem or, Mm. you know, I think it's really a way for non-Jewish people to just kind of get an idea of how we think about these topics, but also hear about things that they never even considered were a problem. Right. What we call kind of microaggressions uh, now. Like, that's that's an interesting thing, you know, as well, when when I was listening to, I mean, certainly, like, we're talking in, uh, in the kind of 
political moment when kind of Me Too is happening and, 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 and uh, people are having to face up to kind of sexual harassment on a structural and kind of... Uh, yeah, terrible level. Um, which you know, you saw my show. I wasn't. I'm not surprised by this uh, kind of moment. I'm in lots of ways glad that it's happening. But, but I mean, the the the, the, the a lot of women at this moment are like, oh, I didn't think I had any examples of this kind of thing. But actually, in these micro ways, I did. And it was. Just, I feel like it was a similar thing for you as Jewish people going. Oh, I didn't think I had any problem. But actually. Look, here's these, these micro ways yeah, that, totally, that it's yeah. built like when up. You, yeah. When you join the dots up and yeah. you start to paint a picture of actually what's going on, it is very different to your individual like subjective view on yeah. what you happen to or have not experienced. So right. it's really yeah. interesting. Definitely. Right, and there was a kind of intersection as well, like um, of of like not just kind of anti-Semitic kind of uh, microaggressions, but also that intersects with like sexism and other kinds of things like that. Like there was talk in one of the episodes about kind of women who are seen as religious being seen as like the men are in charge of them and yeah, yeah. seen as kind of like good yeah, little Jewish the, girl, I think religion. was yeah, one yeah, of the, yeah, yeah. the phrases that came out. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that, I guess, and that's that's an interesting thing. Like you were all, I assume, you were all, you are all women mm. who were making that that yeah. show. And so, uh, in a way, I guess, uh, men and non-binary, non-binary Jewish mm. voices weren't included in the totally. actual presentation of that show. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So, like, what I found very interesting is I did one interview with a girl who was very uh, Jewish, like, very religious, but on the other hand, she really believed in, like, equality between men and women, and she was really, like, in this whole process of figuring out how she could, like, combine those two, and how she could, like, both be a religious Jewish woman, but also try and make sure that women and men have kind of the same role within the rituals within like she was trying to figure out for example should I wear a long dress or does that mean that I'm trying to hide my body and also but I mean that's another problem with seeing Jewish people as monoliths and it's it's the same problem that we have with Islam generally speaking everyone's got one particular view of what Islam is and that's based on you know uh, right-wing newspapers constructing that view and like that's not what all Muslims are like mm-hmm. and it's a similar thing with any religion that people can kind of just think of the orthodox or the the most kind of uh, rule-centric versions of, of, of any of these religions mm. but that's not what yeah. that's not even how like even within those groups that's not how people express mm. those religions often you know the Jewish person I, I spoke to for the family tree the rabbi was a woman right yeah. like in the, the, and in some ways I sometimes think of of, of Judaism as being, you know, one of the the more kind of inclined towards feminist uh, uh, religions, but I don't think that's true. I think that's based on my own yeah. kind of blinkered really view depends. of like through yeah. liberal American Jewish representation, yeah. and that's all of the only real representation of Jewish people we have mm. in the media. Full stop. Yeah. Right. In some ways. Yeah. No, I think that really depends on what kind of strain of Judaism you look at. Yeah. Because one of the things of that I find quite difficult is, for example, if I go to a very orthodox synagogue, then I need to sit somewhere apart from the man there's like a curtain in between I'm not allowed to sing loud or I'm not like I can I can hum a bit really but I shouldn't really establish my presence and I find that quite difficult because in my synagogue like I am allowed to read from the Torah I am allowed to wear talis but because I was a woman like my rabbi said specifically gave me a whole speech that if I started wearing a talis which is actually supposed to be 
for men that I should remember bringing it each single time I went to synagogue where it each single time they kind of giving me a whole lecture on that and that was definitely only because I was a girl and I wanted to have the same kind of religious rights as the men in my synagogue right. but I don't think he would say that to a guy because my brother forgets his talis like all the time right. if we go to synagogue so yeah that's also kind of interesting yeah and I think also what you were saying about like kind of views that we have on groups and if we say like religious groups now or minority groups or whatever it is I think that a part of it is that we can't be angry at people for having those views and we can't be judgmental even of people who have certain views because people only have views because of their life experience so like if someone only knows Muslims through the media and they just don't know any Muslim people and that's how they've informed their opinion it is not an informed opinion and it's not that it's right at all but there's a reason for it in that they haven't like met enough people or exposed themselves enough right. and if we think about that in the relation to the Jewish stuff um, I don't think I don't think that the feeling from the things that we've discussed in the podcast in terms of like certain questions asked as you start university or anything like that it shouldn't be in my head it shouldn't be something that we're trying to stop people asking questions yeah like these instinctive questions that people have come from a place of like knowing what they know about Judaism and knowing what they know about Israel and just like wanting to know an answer to a question from someone that is Jewish you know what I mean and that only comes from a place where like that's all their life experiences has given them access to understand of these people at this point in time and I think the questioning and the talking about it is so important and should be encouraged and I think with any with any group just to hear other people's experiences which is essentially what we're trying to do here is like to share experiences it's just really hard not to be judgmental of people who do only have opinions from like reading Islamophobic articles or from um, yeah or from having anti-Semitic like biases that they don't even realise like it's really hard not to judge those people and I'm not saying that like obviously there are places in which you should judge these people I don't know that's all like your own personal opinion but I think questioning is important and I think it's about how you respond or like how people ask those questions that is what's got to change yeah. do you know what I mean and I think I think whether people choose to judge those people or not which I agree can, there's a whole kind of like wide range of reactions people mm. are going to have many of which have a lot of like like justification whether people kind of slam the door in ignorant people's yeah. faces or they sit down with them and spend hours and hours having tea with them mm. to exp- and showing them yeah. their culture like the, the thing to not lose sight of is it's a structural issue yes. rather than an yes. individual issue that, yeah. that the individual saying something anti-semitic or uh, islamophobic is yes they're part of the problem but mm. the structures that create that situation are are what we need to kind of be challenging the most rather than the individuals which is a difficult you know. part like and that we see yeah. that with everything right? totally. that's, that's yeah. part of kind of patriarchy yeah. and, and all of these the, 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 the vital discussions we're having at the moment is it, they are about individuals but they have to be about structures or individuals will continue to abuse power in mm. those kind of ways and yeah but I think it also should be about like the kind of way that we interact with other people, so not only about like the structural power thing you were talking about, but also about creating a more open atmosphere where you can just ask stupid or maybe like offending questions to someone without feeling like you might hurt them. Because I don't mind if I get a, a question like that, I'll just try to explain my opinion on it or I'll try and explain it to you in a way that's useful for us both. So if we have a more kind of environment where it's okay to ask questions and it's okay to ask stupid questions because stupid questions never exist that's what they always tell you in the classroom right <laughs> but like that's actually in real life we should think about that in such a way as well yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I mean, it's a really fascinating project that you did, really, I think. And, like, how did doing the project, like, did that change, like, the ways that you thought about things just generally? Like, not just about, like, your Jewishness, because that's, I don't want to just see you through the prism yeah, yeah. of that's who you are. Like, but, like, did it change, yeah, to change general ways of approaches and stuff? Yeah, 100%. Like, it just, it just outlines me um, that, like, everyone has these narratives like everyone has experiences like microaggressions that they experience or whatever it is really I think whoever you are you're going to experience something of the sort and just listening to people explain what they go through is so powerful and Mm. and something like podcasts are amazing because they're a really brilliant medium to expose people's voices in a non-intimidating way I think Mm. um and that's really powerful and the school that I'm working at now you've got kind of people from literally all over the world and it's like this absurdly broad mix of human beings and to even know where to start with unpacking like what each person's experiencing I honestly have no idea where to start with it but like I feel less afraid to ask questions or like less afraid to say to people or like to I feel more able to understand the dynamics of people's experiences in a way like or even just my like me being Jewish in the school that I'm working at now that there aren't any Jews and most people have never met a Jew and it's come up a few times when I'm at the school like the kids will be like oh like miss like what are you doing what are you doing tomorrow like why won't you be in school tomorrow and I wasn't going to be in school because of a religious holiday and then obviously you've got the choice like do I say this or do I not say that I'm and then I so I chose to say it and I was like well actually it's like a religious holiday and they're like oh what religion are you miss what religion are you and then I was like I'm actually Jewish and they're like most people were like oh okay and then like some boys at the back laughing behind some books and like a girl at the front being like what and like that kind of thing and then you're just like you've opened it up you're there like it is funny and weird and uncomfortable and you're their teacher so they're seeing you in a certain way but then like just to be like I'm okay with that like I can handle these kind of weird situations I'm not going to take it personally and actually that is a route to like educate and also to open other people to understanding each other better do you know what I mean I just think you have to be able to like make yourself a bit vulnerable and that's okay Mm. Um, but it's something that I'll see how it it goes because it's quite funny I don't know right I mean, I guess that's the thing, like, as much as it's also, like, it's, it's, it's important to remember structures, it's also important to remember that every single one of us individually comes from a completely different place, and that's one of the things that will help us to talk to each other, I guess, and, yeah. and, and so I guess going through this maybe has helped you to see your own kind of individual positions within this so. kind of broader range of, of different... Yeah, different backgrounds that everybody has. I mean, that's one of the amazing things about London in particular mm, that you can yeah. experience in, yeah. in, 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 Lon- in London that you don't experience in many places, which is just the, the sheer amount of difference in one place um, makes difference the norm. Uh, it's normal to be specific yeah. in, in London in a way that it's not normal to be as specific most other places. Yeah. yeah, and I think we definitely learned how valuable that diversity is and how important it is to listen because we basically met up with random strangers that we didn't know and we right. went into quite vulnerable topics, yeah. quite personal experiences and like I kind of learned how important it is to just shut up for a minute and just <laughs> listen. You know, like you're basically listening for at least a whole hour to someone talking about such like intimate feelings and things that are going on in the internal environment that you can't really see in the external environment right. and like your only role as an interviewer was kind of like trying to make that person able to talk about these things but you can't really impose on them like your opinions and stuff like right. it's really quite yeah quite hard in a way to listen honestly but it's so valuable <laughs> so valuable true. so yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, but when I do this show, at least I kind of, in this particular format, I have the permission to say my, my views. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I also do other shows where I just do interviews and have to listen. And it is, like, because of the fact that I do this show where I have a bit of permission to, to put myself into it, it's even harder sometimes now to, like, shut up when, uh, <laughs> when people are telling yeah. me their, their experiences or their views. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I want to share a method of a friend of mine who needs to interview students for uh, going abroad from Egypt for, like, an internship for medicine. What he always says is, like, if you also want to just talk about themselves for one minute then the first 30 seconds are going to be a prepared idea that someone has in their head about who they are or what they're doing but after that that's when the barrier breaks and that's when you will really hear the honest person coming out like their honest feelings honest experiences maybe we should like try and take that minute more and like well or more than a minute and like really try and actively listen to someone actually show interest not look on your phone the whole time but like actually look someone in the eye and say oh wow i understand or that's so interesting i mean sitting with like quietness is a hard thing for many people to do i it's very hard for me to do um and i'm in i'm in therapy at the moment and that's one of the things that i i definitely think that even for ourselves even when we're listening to ourselves like giving ourselves some time to actually formulate what we feel or even look at how we're feeling rather than just speak because when we speak straight away like often that is we're not really like it's 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 instinctual we're not really thinking about the words we're saying it's all it's often when i when i just speak when i uh say things i don't agree with you know and yet i listen back and i'm like why did i say that mm-hmm. and it's because i i was just so busy talking that i didn't yeah. have a moment to kind of look into myself and i think when you're when you're interviewing some someone you know that doubly goes for like giving them the space to think and I'm definitely not always very good at that either yeah no I think that's definitely someone uh, something I learned through this project because I'm quite a rambling person like <laughs> yeah. if I'm in a conversation I usually immediately give an answer or an opinion or advice but then I realized that it works much better if you're listening to someone instead of constantly thinking oh shit what am I gonna ask next so there is no silence you can just take that silence and that's useful for the person to reflect and for you to ask like a next question in a way that builds up on the last thing someone said instead of like thinking like oh I could ask this I could ask this and then not listening anymore to what someone's actually saying right and like in terms of like the like you as a group like all of you I mean I guess were you friends before you did the GCL podcast we so and I didn't know each other that well like no, not really. No. <laughs> I didn't know. No, you. we didn't know each other. I, I, I guess we were in the same seminar group. Yeah, so but I heard, yeah, heard yeah, her yeah. speak like once or twice. Right. Yeah, but that's only an hour a week. So, so you yeah. were kind of connected together, kind of because of your ethnicity, like in terms of like right. these are the Jewish people. They they're the ones you could yeah. do this yeah. project. Except like Manya and Laura were. Yeah, really Manya and I knew, yeah. knew each other very well through a Jewish context, though, because we were in the same youth movement growing up. So right. like, um, we did know each other very well. But then, I think it was like brilliant again like being in a space where it was like me her you who we were getting to know and then Kathy who we knew in a different kind of way anyway right. so <laughs> that it worked quite nicely yeah, yeah. and so like French the, like the friendships deepened or like changed I guess maybe or like and, and yeah I, I feel like I feel a special I, I feel a special bond to you and like no but I know I do and I feel like because I feel like we spoke about so many things and yeah. I feel like we spoke about them in an honest way and we had to trust each other a lot when we were doing the whole 
process and we yeah. spend loads of time with each other and I feel a great affection to you and to Kathy and to Mania like yeah. all through this like lovely kind of shared experience which is really nice yeah. and it's so empowering as students in a university and I think that is like the most amazing thing about what has happened in, in this like opportunity we've had is just like it is so empowering to do a project at university under the supervision of like a brilliant academic not grade orientated not like for any particular purpose like personally do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, but like yeah, yeah. what jealous, an experience yeah. to like to work with her to work with Kathy one yeah. on one like yeah. with us like but she wanted our voices to be at the front of it and then like oh it's just completely brilliant but like that is the thing that I want other people to have as well but how that happens on a right. I mean Kathy I'm sure we'll do it again with another group in different ways because I, I think that she loves this model and it's brilliant and we want to submit a paper to different conferences that are looking at different pedagogies using universities and that kind of thing and it is a brilliant model but I think we were so lucky to have that and so no wonder we feel like an affinity to each other because it was a brilliant experience and I think it was also very nice to do this in a small group rather Mm. than just a teacher and a student or something like that because then you still kind of have the power structure where you're kind of scared to ask certain questions in a way although you might feel comfortable with the teacher but because we were in a group like if I had a stupid question I'd just like quietly ask Laura at the same time like (laughs) I don't get this, you know. So yeah, that's definitely been really valuable. I mean, and I think in in the sense as well that because podcasting was new for all of you mm. as well Kathy was in a similar position to you in in terms of the podcast mm. like that which I thought was a really great mm. a, a really great element like I, I just thought like like every teaching experience I can think of that I've had even when it has been a bit two-way and it mm. has been a friendship mm. as well as a, mm. a teaching thing I've never been in a position where I'm learning with my teacher yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. similar skills mm. we're all at the same level at like I think that's great. Like yeah. a, 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 a great mm. kind of, and that was something I liked about delivering that training. But I could imagine, like, listen and well, listening to the show uh, afterwards, mm. I could see how that kind of came, comes out in, mm. in what you did, yeah. which I think is really yeah. Nice. And I think the great thing was because we didn't really have podcast experience. What we literally kind of did was just talk about our findings, like read out like the individual stories, talk about. Uh, how we interpreted this and because it, w- it was such an honest conversation it's just also very honest to the listener I guess because we didn't edit out any parts of the text really or mm. we didn't really swoop, uh, swapped around with different themes or something right. we just kind of determined on beforehand okay we should talk about this story and this story and then we just went for it and there was no, like a lot of there's a lot of nice moments in, in the podcast as well where you're like uh, we're turning the mic back on because we had a, another bit of conversation that we thought oh actually we want to add that yeah. and I thought that was a really nice yeah and I think that really reflects the way we work what we try to do is like really have this honest conversation then after we had that conversation we were like oh did we actually really reflect this well then we were thinking about that and we just recorded our kind of concerns about the way we had the conversation which is really useful I think that if you have a conversation with someone you might as well like turn the microphone back on in a way as well and think right. about okay what kind of conversation did we just have uh, right. had and is there anything we didn't define properly yeah, so maybe well, we should have them turn the microphone back on moments more often in everyday conversations that's an interesting well. thing yeah. to think about yeah I mean like I always think like I always say there's kind of three conversations that happen every time I 
record one conversation in the like there's like the kind of the, the initial bit where I meet the people beforehand and like that's always kind of awkward but kind of interesting sometimes yeah. then there's the actual conversation I have when I've turned the microphone on and then when I've turned it off then there's a whole other conversation that happens that nobody ever knows about that's just mm. just for me and those people but it's generally mm. that's often the conversation where I'm like whoa I yeah, wish yeah, I had yeah, the yeah. mic still on for that but then at the same time the microphone does yeah. change that conversation so maybe yeah. some of those conversations yeah. wouldn't happen if I did turn the microphone yeah. back on no I I sometimes had that in my own interviews that like in the beginning you're just asking someone to fill out the consent form you're kind of explaining what you do in the research now you're kind of during the conversation getting to know a person asking some questions and then afterwards I usually ask questions that weren't re really related but then in the end they were interesting so we had to turn the microphone back on yeah. like for example I asked one of my interviewees just out of personal interest what she thought about like um, kind of within Judaism what people thought about evolution and that was just because I studied biology related things and I was just interested and then we came into this really interesting conversation about how like Re religious Jews are influenced by Christian creationism ideas and how actually within the Judaism evolution could be compatible and that was just for me a very interesting uh, conversation to have but it was all off the mic so. right, yeah. right, right, right I mean I guess that's, that's another thing you, you, you haven't just got to know each, each other like more deeply through having these conversations you've also gone out and met loads of random kind of fellow students mm -hmm. and you've got to know them and people like you say who you wouldn't necessarily have talked to before like yeah. you, you wouldn't necessarily have chosen to sort of sit yeah. down with them the only thing that kind of qualified them for these interviews was again a, a kind of relatively arbitrary uh, fact that they're Jewish right? yeah so, no yeah. that that has been interesting because I ran into people I interviewed again like while going out or at a party right, right, well right. <laughs> well like we were both well you know it's just yeah. quite interesting and it's a responsibility those, too right yeah. because you've you now know about those people's stuff that's yeah. anonymous. Like, when we're talking about it here, when you talk about it in the mm. show, those people are anonymized. Mm. But yeah. obviously for you, you know who you they, know they are. are. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's been quite interesting to then kind of start your relationship with this person all over again because you know a very intimate part about a part of their life. Right. But you because that was part of the research, you shouldn't really, like, judge... Well, judge them based on that, not at all. But, like, kind of you should kind of do as if nothing happened in a way and start over again and get to know a person again which is kind of weird because you already kind of know them on one aspect very intimately yeah. but actually you have no idea really who they are you know yeah no I mean yeah. I, I think that about this this show quite often like uh, with lots of the people I record with I do know quite well but sometimes I don't know them that well yeah. and I'll talk to them about some facets of who they are yeah. um, but that's definitely not all of who they are like that's that's so I have to kind of like keep that in mind that I'll start to think of them in a certain way because of the things we've talked about but if I had a if I'd have met them on a different day mm. and I had a completely different conversation with them and I'd have different mm. completely different ideas about who they are yeah. Um, and yeah it's an interesting thing yeah so, I mean, it's been really fascinating and, and a, a pleasure getting better acquainted with you uh, both today. Like, the last question that I ask everybody is, do you have anything to plug? And I guess we've kind of been mostly plugging it, but there's, but yeah, to like plug, to promote. promote. Yeah, I have to think about that, that as a, a way of phrasing what, what it, because plug confuses people. Like to, just promote, it just yeah. means promote. I don't know 
why we use like we've been plugging our podcast because we're like I'm learning all these random English words like plug and and today I learned the word midday I never heard of the word midday that's right we we learned that on yeah no because that that was quite an interesting experience for me too because I had to conduct interviews in like my third language and like try and understand Mm. what people were saying and asking questions in a language like I feel quite comfortable in but I'm definitely not an expert in in a way and I kind of felt very conscious about that also recording the podcast because one thing I really don't like is my Dutch accent and I just think it really like comes out a lot and listening back to the podcast that was also like a thing I kind of struggled with I think that's another thing about recording a podcast oh listening listening back to your own voice is a hard thing yeah yeah (laughs) definitely (laughs) but the like that, that's a the, yeah. I have I, I have to think. I mean, it's good. It's you know, as much as you might feel embarrassed about those kind of moments, mm. it's really good. Like from my point of view, it was really useful to to, to get the feedback. Oh yeah, if you're not an original English talker, then you might not know what midday is. I use that phrase all the time mm. because, as I said in in our emails, like I feel a bit confused about whether it's PM or AM. Oh, that's and I don't want to say that. Just so say I try like to avoid one, two, dot yeah. zero, zero. You know? Right, but it's really yeah. useful no, to know that when I like middle day. of the day yeah. so I was like okay there's like a very big part that's the middle right, of right, the day right. for me yeah Right, yeah. and, and, and similarly, plug's a confusing word, yeah. and I should definitely keep that in mind, because, because you know, when we're telling you what plug means is promote, that's generally not what it means generally, though. Like, plug means, like, a, a bath plug, or, yeah. like, a, no, something you plug in plug, on the wall. No, if you say plug, I think about plugging I, a chicken or I don't something. even know so why. I, I didn't really no, understand. plug is a plug into plug. the wall. A plug, so it's yeah. P-L-U-G. Oh, yeah. so you plug know. it into the Yeah, people. not plug. But yeah. I, guess, oh, I don't okay. even know why we use that as a phrase to mean promote, because yeah. I guess it means, yeah, plug it into the wall. Maybe it means yeah. like plug pushing it into it the in. system. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, pushing it. That's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But like that's I don't like, want to push anyone to listen to anything. But if you're interested, you can <laughs> listen to our GCL podcast. Right. I, I think you can just find it if you Google GCL. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's, it'll be on iTunes. Yeah. I've got it. Like it's 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 available for uh, on the app that I use, Pocket yeah. Cast. Yeah. So like it's I'm assuming it's pretty much there anywhere yeah. the podcasts go to Definitely. hang out. With Definitely. And also. Um, like less of a plug more of a recommendation are like certain readings that are recommended in the podcast um, which I can't remember which ones I think should be read but if you go to the podcast and you listen to some of them there are recommendations interspersed I think generally just reading more about like the history of other people and whatever and as we're talking about Judaism like just knowing a bit more about Jewish history I think goes a long way to helping like the experience understand the experiences that we're narrating do you know what I mean yeah absolutely so um, whether it's about like the history of Israel whether it's about the history of the Jewish people or like race and Judaism all these things are very interesting and like throughout the podcast we recommend certain readings that I think are insightful right like, yeah. Yeah. And, and do you have anything to kind of plug or promote that's non-related to GCL uh, That's okay. It's okay. No, no become no, teachers. There aren't enough teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just try and listen better to each other. In right. a way. I mean, that's not really a plug-in, but that's one of the things that I think you should take away from this conversation. Yeah. Is have more open conversations. Yeah. Yes. That seems like a great, a great <laughs> thing to, to, to end with. To plug in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, the last thing I ask my guests uh, to do is to say goodbye to the audience. Oh, uh, wait, wait. Are we gonna say something like? 
So if you're interested in hearing about masculinity and what patriarchy does to men and to all people, then you might be interested in my solo show, What About the Men? Mansplaining Masculinity, which you can listen to for free as a podcast. And you can also read the survey of a thousand men's opinions about patriarchy and masculinity that I put together. You can find all of that stuff over on mansplainingmasculinity.co.uk or you can look for Stand Up Tragedy on iTunes and listen to the most recent podcast which is a full version of that show. If you're interested in reading about me and my dad and our relationship and dementia and memory and time and history and politics and love and friendship and again a little bit about masculinity then check out my essay series Down to a Sunless Sea Memories of My Dad. As well as making Getting Better Acquainted, I also co-produce and, I guess, star in the magical realist audio drama podcast, The Family Tree. In order to keep making it and to make season two as good as we want it to be, we need your help. So if you can afford to, then please do consider signing up to our Patreon appeal. You can follow Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter at GBA Podcast. You can like Getting Better Acquainted on Facebook. And you can find Getting Better Acquainted on iTunes, SoundCloud, those kind of places. But remember, there are lots of ways to get better acquainted.